30, 35, 40, he's the midfield, and they'll never catch The Show Me Your News Network proudly presents Down the Sidelines. And now, representing the Michigan Wolverines and the West Virginia Mountaineers, you may know them as Yoko and I'm a Beast, it's Peter Spasia and Joel Orndorff. Welcome back to the Gridiron. I'm Peter. And I'm Joel. And Down the Sidelines is the sports podcast that debates and predicts the latest in the athletic world. We are part of the Show Me News Network, and this is the 80th episode of the podcast on November 19th, 2014. The number 80 is most famously worn by Jerry Rice, one of the greatest of all time at wide receiver in the NFL, often played for the San Francisco 49ers, but... What he ended his you know career with like the Oakland Raiders and a bit of a stint with the Seattle Seahawks, but a great career, uh, you know most receiving yards all time, a lot of receiving records. I'm back this week, uh, so yeah, I think Skull Jumper did a nice job, Michael there. So, oh yeah, definitely. So, I, was, for, I was glad that you we were coming able on to get him on like earlier in the week. Uh, it just it worked out better that way for him. So. Mm-hmm. I hope I hope that made it a little easier because I know that I, I was like, well, if we do if we if we do this a little bit earlier, then he might have a little more time to just work on it every once in a while while he's, you know. <laughs> and it only ended up <laughs> happening when I, my company ended up leaving because it was just it was busy and but it was really nice to have. I imagine that yeah. I, I caught off, a little so. bit of uh, your Wind Waker HD live yeah, stream. Yeah, it was, it was fun. fun. It was cute. But let's talk some sports. There's lots to cover. Uh, let's actually start with the quick hits, and we cover some stories before we get into the past couple weeks of recapping college and pro football before we give our picks against the spread. That's on November 19th, I also got to point out, is uh, Sol Haroth's birthday. Remember the Show Me News Network on, right. on Show Me News and Question Me Roundtable, so that's his birthday. So nice. happy birthday there. Happy birthday. We're going to talk about the top four teams in the college football playoff rankings, though, uh, with the big game last week down in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, with the Crimson Tide hosting the Bulldogs of Mississippi State. Uh, you know, Alabama ends up winning that game, mm-hmm. so they vaunt to number one in the college football ranking system, followed by Oregon, then Florida State, who had yet another close game, and then Mississippi State drops from one. Two four. Now, Joel, we were talking before the show, and you were saying that you had an issue with this ranking right now. Uh, I just the the reason that I have kind of an issue with it is I watched most most of the game, and it seemed like to me that Mississippi State was just outclassed. Mm. Like like that game was not as close as the score indicated towards the end. Right. Um. I mean, like, the the first half, they looked miserable. Like, they could not do anything from somebody who, like, at least going into this, uh, was probably at least one or two in the Heisman at this yeah. rate. Like, the, the predictions for the Heisman. Um, I mean, he, he looked very lost. Like, two, three, maybe, like, four times they tried that, uh, uh, you know, the, the thing that Tim Tebow always did where they fake the run and then he kind of, like, does the short hop pass yeah, little jump thing. Pass. <laughs> he could not he did not hit any of them at yeah. all like his his fakes were just so bad with that and uh well nick saban knows how to play against a tim tebow kind i of guess quarterback so. and got exposed as a tim tebow clone i guess so but i just i like that game i still think 
I don't know. Like, I kind of expected it to be closer, like, the entire game, and it, it just, you know, it eventually got close, but I, I still think that Alabama's a better, like, way better overall team. Well, I think it's also Alabama playing at home. Uh, that's mm-hmm. a, been a huge difference. They've been completely outscoring their opponents all year. Yeah, their and quarterback so, plays really well at home. Yeah, and so you had to think like that was going to play a difference. So it's going to be interesting to see should they stay in the top four because there are conditions that that may not happen. Should they stay in the top four, uh, going to a neutral site would be interesting to see how that team would really play. It's weird to me. I mean, for all we know, Mississippi State could just like their season could fall apart. After this, like it's possible. I mean, that's, it's happened to Old Miss. I mean that you know we saw it, um, and they still have to play uh, uh, you know Old Miss later. So that's there's right. potential there. Um, it just uh, I don't know. To me, like I was so impressed with them most of the year, and like their defense, you know, started to get really good as the season went on. And uh, I don't know, you know, Lane Kiffin. I guess he deserves a lot of credit for what mm-hmm. he did. Yeah. But um, I, I don't know, and just like where Alabama was compared to like where they were, it just seems like the way that they felt like I don't know, like I I, I think I still would I think I would have put them maybe at six, I don't mm. know, like I don't think I would drop them any further than that, but like they here's the, here's my thing they could get back up there even if they fell down there right because they still have you know good teams left to play on their schedule. Like, mm-hmm. there's still potential for them to improve their schedule. Um, and I don't know, like, it, you know, kind of the, uh, I don't know. I mean, like, Ohio State, let's see. Who are they going to end up playing? Wisconsin? Is that who it is? Probably going to be Wisconsin. Probably. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, then, I mean, that, that technically could be another good win, obviously. Yeah, that's something they but, need. By that point, I don't know where Wisconsin would be. Um, but yeah, they gotta they gotta keep winning. I mean, as far as the SEC goes, there is that possibility of all teams may end up having two losses before the SEC championship game. You take Bama and Auburn in the Iron Bowl. If Auburn wins that game, that gives Alabama two losses. If Ole Miss beats Mississippi State, Mississippi State is two losses. And then it's the talk of, well, well, does the SEC with you know its better competition, you know, tougher games week in and week out, does two losses allow them to still get a representative in the top four? Yeah, It'd be a very interesting discussion. Would you would you say that at this point, Florida State has the easiest road to get there? Yeah, uh, Florida State has had the easiest road all year. Well, I mean, and they're I just mean, showing themselves even to, to this point, like. Because I, I would here's here's what I'd say I'd say, especially after watching you know TCU last week, mm. um, yeah, that was close, and, and I think that's the another reason that uh, you know you could you could argue for them, but then you can say oh well they just did not look good against Kansas like mm. trap so yeah. so yeah so we're gonna drop them a spot, um, I I would say like so like I would say Florida State, um, and then TCU. Because I think Texas at least will give TCU a game early. Mm. Like, I mean, if Kansas can, I think that right. obviously TCU didn't play like they've played all season. Um, but uh, I don't know. It, you know, shout out to Kansas. That yeah. I mean, I think they should hire him as the coach. <laughs> I really do. After the past two weeks, that's 
that's like the most success they've had consecutively in two weeks in a long, long time. Long time, absolutely. Yeah, so I would go with him. He's I, I met him because uh, I've I worked the game that's that right, he yeah. was at, and um, he's very good at talking to the media, too. Cool. Um, but uh, and so then I'd say TCU, and then after that, I'd say Oregon. Yeah. Because <laughs> like, I don't really know if they're going to get challenged the rest of the way. Like, even in the big Pac-12 uh, championship game, I, I really don't know. Like, they just have kind of gone to another level at this point. But then Marcus Mariota gets pulled over for speeding. <laughs> just like, dude, you're Too about fast. to win the Heisman. <laughs> Too fast in the field. Slow down. Uh, that's going to be interesting to see, like, if, you know, TCU and Ohio State, who are the two, you know, furthest out uh, at five and six, if they get to slip in, you know, if any other teams lose. Well, uh, well my other question I had for you, you know, following the um, Big Ten, uh-huh. is, uh, and it's tough for me to ask you this, because I know, I, I'm assuming I know what you're going to say. Would you want Ohio State to get into the playoffs? I hate them, but... After this year with the Big Ten, it'd, it'd be nice to have a okay. team in there right. because it's just it's been a trashy year for the Big Ten. And if you know through it all, if some team can make it, even if it's Ohio State, it looks good for the conference. You the know, I mean, like at this point though, yeah. Um, because I like I feel like even if they they do win that game, I I don't really feel like enough teams in front of them are going to lose. Will they be in that position? Mm-hmm. Um. But I'd like to see Wisconsin beat them. I was going to say. And like, then go to, go to a, you know, obviously not go to a playoff game, but go play another good school, uh, you know, a high-ranked team, and beat them. Because I think that they can. I Like, I, I'd love, like, what, we, I guess we should, we'll talk, are we going to talk yeah, about this? Yeah, we are going to Yeah, it's on it, the yeah. thing. So we'll we'll talk about it. But, like, they're just fun to watch. I mean, they particular one guy. But. They are. And, yeah, I was going to say, like, it Better if Wisconsin made it, but you know those losses earlier in the year added up. Because I, 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 and I, I fully think that at this point in the season, Wisconsin could go play against some SEC teams and beat them. That kind mm-hmm. of thing. It's all going to come down to how you look at the end of the year, and you know how you're playing down the home stretch. And Ohio State really right now has that in their corner. Yeah. Uh, now, granted, you know Minnesota is a bit of a tougher competition that you know you may have not really expected, but they've been playing rather well. Florida State, not so much. Uh, granted, they get it done, and that's admirable to an extent, but you can't look like crap for three quarters and then just suddenly turn it on every game and expect you know, to stay undefeated. Like the first half of Florida State is completely different from second half. It's ridiculous, yeah. Like, like one is just, like, anybody can beat them probably <laughs> at this point. And because uh, I mean, is the fix Miami's in? not Miami's not good. Is like the fix they're not in? good. Who knows? There's Who no knows? way they're that good. No. And uh, even with their black jerseys or whatever. And, and then in the second half, like it is ridiculous how much better they are in the second half. Like you you can't stop them in the second half. Well, I get a few like, calls I don't care going your way you too. Are. You know, if you don't have some holds called. Yeah. Well, yeah, oh yeah, I'm I'll, I'll I'll admit that too. Like. I was getting frustrated watching that game because there were so many just missed blatant calls where the refs were standing right in front of the hold yeah. and they were not calling. I'm just like, dude, I just sat here for five minutes and saw three. Mm. Like, there's no like, 
you can't do this, ACC. Like, yeah. come on. They're desperate. Uh, they want that money too. Well, I, I mean, you know what I hope? I hope they get there and they get their butts kicked by somebody. Yeah, yeah. that'd be humbling. Uh, college basketball starting up. How about that? Uh, on the women's yeah. side, you already had Connecticut lose to Stanford, breaking a 47-game yeah. winning streak. So mm-hmm. and they're still going to be a very good team, but you know Stanford was the last team to beat them, and that was that you know 90-game winning streak, you know a few years ago. On the men's side, though, uh, Kentucky looked very, very good against Kansas yesterday. They yeah. had this little Champions Classic where Kentucky played Kansas and Duke played Michigan State. You know, Duke you know, won pretty sizably by the end of the game, though it was a closer one. Uh, when you get the stat, though, that well, Kentucky beat Kansas like 70-42, to 42, mm-hmm. and Kansas had 11 made field goals, which is the same number of blocks that Kentucky had. Um, well, it's that's like amazing. I I watched like a little bit of the highlights, and uh, he's you know he substitutes all five players. Uh, Calipari, he's, you mean? yeah, he's got the uh, blue platoon and the white platoon. I think is what mm-hmm. he calls them, and he just completely swaps all five players, and it's like a completely different play style. Mm. Like he's got them all ready, and, and I guess he's just got so many players that. They have, like, are, nine All-Americans on Yeah, exactly, team, like that are just a very high caliber, yeah. and he's not afraid to put in the game. Um, there was, you know, people... Before the season started, there was the whole thing talking about, you know, if Kentucky played, you know, was who's the worst team in the NBA? The uh, Oh, the uh, Philadelphia 76ers. Yeah, the Sixers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They said, how many times... And they said, <laughs> some guy said... Uh, oh, I mean, they might win one out of 99 times. <laughs> like, it's still a big difference oh, between, yeah. uh, you know, because everybody was a good player in college. It's in the NBA, so it's like, you know. I think it was like uh, some guy in Vegas said, like, the spread was still, like, 19.5 points in favor of the Sixers. Yeah. Whoa. Jeez, that is close, though. <laughs> wow, they... Uh, 19 and a half. I, That's how, not, not that close. How many games are they going to win this year? I don't... They're off to zero ten. They're uh, I think when they went, win ten games. When they won nine, which was that you know record that they infamously had for a while, uh, it it went zero and fifteen, I think. Okay. So to start the season, and the the Lakers, they only got like their second win, well, or whatever, in eleven they games. Get, hopefully, they get two or three guys from this. Cont- <laughs> I know the one guy is probably going to be like the first pick. They got the one in Julius Randle this past draft, and oh, ACL going down. So that's unfortunate for them. That's it's really too bad for Kobe. He's just going to waste the last few years of his career. Yeah, I'm trying to see if uh, have have any of the other schools played each other yet. Like uh, mm, right? nothing like too substantial. I don't think it's it's still you know the early games, so you're getting a lot of teams like Michigan, for example. Uh, who's in the top 25 amazingly because they've lost a lot of talent. They're, they're still a, a good team, but mm-hmm. not to the extent that a player like Nick Stauskas, you know, could t- change them into. Uh, they've played Hillsdale and Bucknell. And, huh. like, yeah. They've won sizably in both games. Okay. So it's it's going to be a while before they, you know, get good competition. They'll play Syracuse at the Carrier Dome on December 2nd. Uh, so that's that's something. But... Yeah, Kentucky was looking very, very good. Uh, Arizona's still solid. Uh, watch out for Wisconsin in the Big Ten. They're at number three. Yeah. Frank Kaminsky. I mean, just, I mean, we got to think that if 
if they're not like the overall one seed mm. later, that they're gonna be at least a one seed probably. Because mm. probably, I mean, who's gonna beat them? Right. If, if they can trounce Kansas, like at the beginning of the season. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I'm trying to see if they end up playing. No, they don't play Duke as part of that little foursome. They're not. It's not like a little bracket thing. Wisconsin's very good. It's going to be weird though because you know last year, did you think Connecticut was going to be, you know, the national champion? Like mm-hmm. really? You look back and it's like, oh yeah, they did end up winning the championship. So like, you know, watch a team like Michigan just come out of nowhere and then be the champions. It's you know, stranger things have happened, I guess. But Duke also has you know one of their most talented rosters that. You know, Mike Krzyzewski's ever had, so... Well, I'm, I'm sure if Michigan State is in the tournament, <laughs> that they will start getting picked for every game. <laughs> yeah. Well, Michigan State, yeah. I mean, can't count out Tom Izzo. Because it, it's, like, near the end of the year, they'll go from, like... Even if they have a bad record, they'll somehow manage to get in, and then... Trust me, that's the talk locally, too. It's just like, <laughs> oh, the, the, this early season doesn't matter. It's, you know, talk to me in March. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I don't know if we can necessarily do like you know pick a projected Final Four because just college basketball is a crapshoot in which the regular season does not really matter. It's totally different than college football, where like, college well, football I, is great. I think in that those the regular top four are pretty solid already. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I agree. Like, I don't, I don't have many issues with them. At least from what I watched, a, you know, last year near the end of the season. Yeah. Uh, I I I I do think that Duke is probably the weakest of those four, mm-hmm. at least all around. But uh, then again, I mean, you know, they they looked really impressive the other day. Yeah, they're so. still they're still threatening and dangerous. Uh, at least you know college football, where their regular season is amazing, where just every week matters and it's worth watching. You can go a few days and miss out on college yeah, basketball. Yeah, yeah, one player makes much. such a big difference and. No, in basketball, that's so I mean, comparatively, you got five guys out there. So it, it, you know, you have you have five really good players, and you could mm-hmm. go pretty far until you're until you need bench play. You know, so yeah. it's uh, I'd say I I always take you know, usually take the teams that have big benches, with lots of players that can play, lots of big guys. You know, if you have a premier shot blocker, you can p- completely change what the team's gonna do. So. That's Kentucky. Depth. Yep. Adrian Peterson has been suspended for the rest of the NFL season without pay uh, because the NFL, if you ask me, is trying to distract the population from the whole Ray Rice incident and try to create a scapegoat that, see, we can punish stars. We're changing our discipline, even though I think they're exercising a bit too much power to just say suspended for the rest of the year to try to make an example out of Adrian Peterson. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not entirely sure I like that. Well, yeah, I, I mean, I've seen a lot of uh, articles about how they're, you know, they, they are using this as, as symbolism for like, mm-hmm. oh, you know, we, we, we definitely screwed up earlier, like big, big time. But look at what we're doing now. Yeah. So uh, it's it's one of those things where they're they're kind of they they messed up no matter what. So it's like it doesn't really matter what they do; they can't really change it. So uh, they can try. I mean, they seriously can try to make a lot of moves, and 
and say, you know, we're being stricter on these kind of things, but uh, just did not handle things well earlier. And neither is Adrian Peterson. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, it's oh, it's a really bizarre situation because it's like, you know, shouldn't that kind of stuff be almost in the privacy of your own home? Of course not saying that that's okay what he did. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like, why is the NFL getting involved to the extent that they are? Uh, because I, because they've come up with this new conduct policy and they have to try to exercise it in some fashion to try yeah. to distract the population from how they colossally messed up. It, I, I, like I wonder how they necess- how they determine uh, like the penalty yeah. for things because we obviously earlier talked about uh, you know Ray Rice's you know previous suspension and. Like the difference between that and uh, I think someone was caught with like marijuana, mm-hmm. like failed a drug test right. or something, and how we we like compared them to one another and we're like this does not seem right. It's because they make like, it the- up as they go along. <laughs> yeah, they so don't know uh, what they're doing. I, I don't know. You could fail a drug test, and that's kind of on the same level as domestic abuse. So I, I don't. It's going to be very interesting to see how his career continues. If it does mm-hmm. after this, you know, Ray Rice is not touchable. Like, no yeah. team is going to pick him up. Mm-hmm. His career is essentially done yeah. in the NFL. You could try to play in Canadian football, whatever. Uh, Adrian Peterson, though, has not been released from the Vikings. None of this. Uh, I so I don't think they will do that. Probably not. I mean, unless there was some other thing, unless something else happens, maybe. But Yeah, um, yeah it's just it's really baffling how... The NFL, from a PR perspective, is really trying this distraction method. It's kind of bizarre to see, to be honest. But well, I, I what mean, have they done they're, correctly they're all year? They're scrambling and trying not to get more people fired because I'm sure there will be some people They've fired. just done nothing correctly all year. It's super strange to watch happen. On the baseball front, there is a new record for the most expensive contract. It goes to the Miami Marlins, who... Gave Giancarlo Stanton a 13-year, $325 million contract. That's absurd. He's set. (laughs) He is set. But that is like almost crippling to a a franchise. What if he gets injured? Like, I mean, Albert Pujols didn't really live up to the big contract. You can talk even... Locally, uh, Miguel Cabrera sure didn't live up to you know, his. He got like the three hundred million dollar, what is like a two hundred ninety two million dollar contract over as an eight year extension or something like yeah. that. Uh, but he had that lingering injury, so he didn't sure live up to that money. Justin Verlander got big money and you know, has been on the decline uh, in skills. You're going to be on the hook for a lot of money, and what for the years before, where there was some statistic, I can even try looking it up, but it was essentially. You know, it was a tally of the Miami Marlins' total payroll over the last several years, and it equaled like the three hundred twenty-five million that they're paying, you know, to Giancarlo Stanton over the next thirteen or so years. Like that's nuts. Well, yeah, and uh, the 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 other issue is that um, you know, if you've ever played baseball or you watch a lot of baseball, you realize how many how often people get injured <laughs> in <laughs> baseball, like. And not only that, but it often is a reoccurring injury. 
and they will miss way more games than you ever think. Mm-hmm. And uh, just it's one, I, it's one of those things where if he does get some kind of reoccurring injury, like it, that investment, like is that is that really worth it? I don't know. Obviously, they I'm not really sure how they determine these contracts anymore because they're so ridiculous. Yeah. Like what what exactly factors into this? Like, are they saying you know oh this is going to He's bringing in this many fans too, like you know, because they're trying to sell tickets to the game. What is stuff. he going like, to do for Miami? Like, I, I don't go, know. You're going to go watch, you know, Giancarlo Stanton making less than a million dollars, and now, you know, making so much more million dollars. Yeah, yeah, that's you're, that's you're what I don't understand. Like, how how exactly they determine this? Because this is crazy yes. for, I, I I don't know, just. In, in baseball, like it's it's one of those things where it just seems like I've seen so, like so many players get hurt and that, and I don't even know how. They, that's the other thing. I have no idea how someone gets hurt doing some of the things they they get hurt doing. Uh, yeah. It just happens. It's just like oh, he's hurt. Like wait, how? How did he get hurt? I don't even know. Uh, I've seen like really good football players go play like one game of baseball and just get hurt. Yeah, so. yeah. I mean, another big deal though is uh, Jason Hayward going to the Cardinals in a trade mm-hmm. with the Atlanta Braves. Yeah, uh, that's that's significant. Mm-hmm. He's you know, one of the better young players in this game, and he gets he gets traded. Uh, pretty surprising. Uh, Russell Martin also going to the Blue Jays, the catcher, and that was you know with the Yankees. So. There are some moves being, you know, done. Uh, Victor Martinez resigning with the Tigers—that's big here. Mm-hmm. Now the question is, what is going to happen with Max Scherzer? Oh. Uh, you know, former AL Cy Young award winner. Yankees may have some possible interest. Wouldn't be entirely surprising if you know, the Tigers resigned him, but uh, mm-hmm. not holding my breath on that one. And, yeah, it's just it really strange. And then uh, Billy Butler, who had played for the Kansas City Royals this past season. Now with the A's. So, moving pieces in baseball. Pretty, pretty significant. But let's talk football. Recapping the last week in college, we had Ohio State at Minnesota, plus 12. It was really cold. It was snowing and everything during that game. Yeah. Uh, Ohio State wins 31-24. does not cover the 12. Uh... They had looked pretty impressive in that game, though. Just, you know, generally controlled the game, and it got pretty close late. Yeah. Um, and it was, like... Uh, I don't know. I'm trying to think how I even... I think I just kind of thought after, like, following up that last week. You know, I mean, like, all the emotions hmm. of the week before. And then, I mean, Minnesota was putting a lot into this game. Like, this, this could, like shape their program yeah. for the next couple of years, that kind of thing. I just felt like they were going to be way too hyped up to let that game get out of hand and, like, stay out of hand. So, like, that's that's kind of, like, my thought was going into the game. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, at least, and, you know, at least they did that. At least they made it respectful, like, near the end. So. Right, right. Clemson at Georgia Tech uh, wasn't even close. Georgia Tech stomped the Tigers at home. Yep. 28-6. Uh, to six. Mm-hmm. Mississippi State and Alabama, we talked about that one. It was a minus eight. Uh, in favor of the Crimson Tide, but since Mississippi State kept it to five, that means that the Bulldogs, when we were picking against the spread, technically they get the point in their favor. 
That was yeah, I mean, Mississippi State's defense played much better in the second half. So mm-hmm. if they had if they had played like that earlier, I think. Yeah, and I think you and Michael both last week picked uh, Mississippi State, and so did I, because uh, we just thought, like it's, it's going to be a close game. You know, yeah. it's the SEC it didn't. It's going to be a close battle. Yeah, I think like a lot of people were kind of shocked. They were like, oh, "Is that just because they play that much better at home?" But I, I don't know. Yeah, uh, Nebraska at Wisconsin minus six, and boy, did it! You know, it was, it was actually a pretty you know sizable lead in favor of Nebraska after the first quarter, and Melvin Gordon turns it on. NCAA yeah. record. Yeah. yeah, you broke LT's record with everything you broke about, what, two yards or yeah, something? Yeah, he, he got 408 rushing yards in that game. A single game That's, record. That is how, that, folks, that is how you put yourself back in the Heisman discussion. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And, uh, and, you know, especially after, you know, what happened with Mississippi State, it, I mean, he's got to, he's probably in the top three right now, I'd say. Probably. And it was done in three quarters. Yeah, I, I mean, like, after watching that, I would, I thought he was a good player all season. I just didn't think, like, you know, he had a little bit of a nagging injury. When they were playing against LSU earlier in the year, mm. I don't understand, like, I don't know if he got hurt in that game or what happened, but when they were giving him the ball, they weren't able to stop I mean, LSU wasn't able to stop him. Right. So, I, I I don't know if he got hurt, but I would have just kept feeding him. He was one of the talks for possible Heisman coming in, and yeah, I agree. He, like he, he definitely, to me, looks like somebody that could immediately play in the NFL. Yeah. Um, 59, like I, 24 I honestly final. think I would take him I would take him as the first running back. Which, like I would, yeah. I, would you take him in the first round, though, is the real question. Because uh, that's dangerous now in the draft. Somebody that needs a running back very badly mm. maybe yeah maybe um but uh i don't know the backs in the nfl are just dying yeah, like, if, if if he's if he does if he does fall the second round i i grab him i yeah. get you know oh, I'd get second round for sure yeah, yeah yeah so this is what you want to use a first round pick i, I just like because people were talking about girl you know girly at the beginning of the year probably first round mm. you probably you know that kind of thing because of all the different things he could do I think I would go with him instead. Well, Gurley, I mean, Auburn at Georgia, minus two and a half, and Georgia won convincingly at 34-7. It's just amazing. You think how a couple games they've lost, like they could be a really, really good team. They're probably in position for the East, uh, so they might put up a challenge on whoever comes out of the West for the SEC championship. But Todd Gurley comes back for this game, you know, after sitting out the several that he missed because of that, uh, you know, the signature allegations, and tears his ACL. Yeah, I mean... The thing that's interesting about that is, you know, we just talked about the Wisconsin game, that backfield that they had with Gurley and uh, Chubbs. Mm-hmm, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Reminds me so much of like Wisconsin's old backfield. They used to have, you know, yeah. two guys that would play in the NFL, like in the backfield of the same, you know, they could rotate them and stuff. I think both of those guys are going to play in the NFL. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Well, it looks like you know, Chubbs going to get more of the carries then. I mean, definitely. I mean, that was the thing, though. Like, when Gurley would go out of the game, you know, last week, Chubbs come in, he's been doing great already, and he would come in and break a 30-yard run. Yeah. Like, Missouri at Texas A&M, minus four. The Tigers pull that one out, 34-27. I was surprised with that. That was a bit surprising. Mm-hmm. Especially, I mean, especially how good Texas A&M's defense looked against Auburn. Yeah, and at home, and mm-hmm. you know, just make a statement. Uh, Missouri's decent; they're pretty good. Yeah, pretty good. Well, I mean, if if Texas A&M keeps losing, they might, they might 
end up in a matchup with Texas in the bowl game, and I heard that the SEC doesn't want that. (laughs) (laughs) Too much Texas. I don't even know if that big state can handle it. Florida State at Miami. Uh, This was a pretty big rivalry game, plus two that the Seminoles were only favored. Like we were saying earlier, you know, you're losing for three quarters. You don't look like a you know top four team in the first half, but something swings in the Seminoles' way, and Jameis Winston is still unbeaten as a starter for as long as he's you know allowed to play, or you know, in history keeps him as legal we'll see we'll see you know the thing that i've noticed about them in the last couple of games is uh, these teams get leads on florida state and in the second half you know they they have a lot of trouble stopping them obviously from removing the ball but they get very conservative against florida state in the yeah. second half the, the play calling and i don't know if it's just lots of young quarterbacks on these teams or or, or what exactly but that's not how you got ahead of right. them in the yeah, game like in the scared. first place. And it only like, you know, it only helps them. If you run the ball three times and punt the ball, that's that's just say, okay, take the game, you know? So I, I it just feels to me like these teams don't want to win <laughs> in the second half. And they're giving Florida State's all these chances. I, I don't know. I just would not I would not want Florida State to be on the field, like to have a chance to win the game. I wouldn't trust my defense against them. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, we'll see if another team gets to possibly stop them this week. Well, we thought Duke might have a chance, but didn't Duke lose? Yeah, yeah, surprising. Yeah. Well, NFL, it was Houston at Cleveland minus three, and that was the the start of the Ryan Mallet era in Houston, and got the win, twenty three to seven. Ah, uh, just. I mean, uh, Watts all over the place catching touchdowns. And... He has more touchdowns than Calvin Johnson right now. <laughs> he has more touchdowns than a lot of receivers. In LaShawn McCoy, Larry Fitzgerald. Not combined, yeah. mind you, but... I mean, he's like, he's a possession receiver. He was, he was a tight end at Wisconsin, though. So. Yeah. I mean, he's good. He is very good. He's huge, but I mean... It, if he can catch the ball, he got he got those legs and feet and that was a fa- and it was a fade in the end zone. Yeah. It was nice. It's a tough route to run, but yeah, I mean, we we talked about last week. We you know, uh, you could see why you know they're starting to get players healthy again there and new quarterback. Like huh? they could make a run for the playoffs. Only a game back of Indy right now. Yeah, watch out. Seattle goes and drops another game. This time on the road in Arrowhead, and Kansas City beats him twenty-four to twenty. That was that was pretty surprising. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Kansas City's a good team and all, but now Seattle comes back home to face the hottest team in the NFL. So we'll see how that goes. Mm-hmm. Though I don't know, the hottest team in the NFL offensively may be the Green Bay Packers. Uh, yeah. They were in yeah, Lambeau so- hosting the Philadelphia Eagles, favored by six, and the Packers just they're smoking anyone early. Early too, like it's out of hand. Early, fifty-three to twenty is a final, and it wasn't even that close. I mean, I don't know. It's it's like I always was saying, you know, at home they're they're worth another touchdown, but it seems like it's two now. So the Detroit Lions give up a couple, you know, weak touchdowns in the first quarter to Drew Stanton starting for the Arizona Cardinals, and then the defense does its job, but. 
A lot of complaints about the offense here in Detroit. Uh, 14-6, the Cardinals beat the Lions. And the Lions still 7-3, which is, is pretty good for that team. But they're going into Foxborough next week, and it's not a not a good stretch for. I mean, I don't know. If you told me that they were going to hold them to that many points, I would have said Detroit would win. Yeah. So you think so? And that's the complaint that a lot of people are having here right now. I don't know, especially with how much they're paying Matthew Stafford, and they bring on all these you know coaches and weapons around him, and. I mean, I get it. You know, Patrick Peterson's you know does good coverage on Calvin Johnson, but you got to spread the ball around. You have so many targets, and you spend a number ten pick on a tight end who's not that good. Hmm. This this team, I tell you what. But yeah, they're on the road, so don't expect much from Detroit Lions. Speaking of New England, they also look incredibly good right now. They go into Indianapolis, who was favored by three points because of that home field advantage. 42 to 20 Patriots roll the Colts. It's, yeah, that was surprising. Yeah, the the four touchdowns by Jonas Gray. Yeah. Who? I think the the thing that's probably more, not the thing that's not really as surprising is that they scored that many points is that the Indy couldn't score more points yeah. against them. And then yeah. that's the thing about New England is lately their defense looks a lot better. Secondary starting if, to come together. Darrell if, if, going if back they to form. can you know, put games together like that, it's going to be really hard to beat them. <laughs> so, Watch out for the Patriots. Pittsburgh moves, I believe, also to 7-3. and three. Uh, Coming back to beat the Tennessee Titans on the road on Monday Night Football. Now, Pittsburgh was favored by 5.5, so Tennessee technically gets the point for the spread. Pittsburgh wins 27-24. to 24. Uh, What do you gather from that one? Um... I, they they ran the ball. It's like, I mean, that's right. Le'Veon Bell over two hundred yards. Yeah, they got a good running back, so you know you don't have to throw the ball hundred times a game. Mm. I mean, because yeah, that oh my goodness, that New York Jets game. How how do you lose that one? Especially with the know. hot streak that Roethlisberger was on against that secondary. I don't know how you only score that many points. That, that was incredible. It's kind of sad I wasn't there last week to just. They play, they talk about very that. much play the level of who they're playing. And that's what you can't do in the NFL. That's yep. how you get beat. Well, we both went 3 and 4 on the college football front. I went 3 and 3, went 2 and 4 on the NFL. Uh, so, kind of an uh, average meh week. Yeah, it's like I had one really good week last week. <laughs> yeah. Gone. Let's try to crack that with this week's pick six in college football. It starts with Minnesota at Nebraska, minus 10.5 at 12 p.m. Eastern time. 10.5 feels like a lot for me. That is a lot. And so I think Minnesota at least keep it close. If not, go on the road with some confidence from that Ohio State game. Uh, and I, They may beat Nebraska. Especially how, goodness, Nebraska just got ran into the ground. Yeah, Wisconsin. Well, I mean, like we said, it was it was close for a while there. Uh, their defense just got so worn down by that offensive line, mm-hmm. which is again <laughs> very very good. And uh, and even when they're not very good, you've got somebody that just breaks tackles like crazy. Yeah, so I think it's close. Um, uh, so I'll take Minnesota. Yeah, I'm going to go with Minnesota too. I, I liked how they finished the game against Ohio State, and I did not like how Nebraska finished yeah. their game. So there you go. 
Arizona at Utah, minus four at 3.30 p.m. Eastern time. That's, wow, that's oh, noon, my gosh. 12.30. <laughs> out, yeah. like, they're so used to playing the night games out there, but actually, no, it'd be mountain time, so it's So, so more people in the east will actually get to see the game then. I know. That'll be exciting. <laughs> I don't want to stay up till 10.30 p.m. Eastern time. What is that? That's crazy. Uh, I'm going to take Arizona. Um, you know, they've been winning close games, and I think if you want to keep a really good season going to eventually build up to a game with Arizona State, who also lost, that was a surprising one going for them yeah. going to Corvallis and losing to Oregon State. Um, yeah, I think it'll be close, and if they don't win, it's gonna, they've had so many, you know, one point game or, you know, Two three point game this season. I'm not even sure I trust the four point spread, so I'm going to go with Arizona. You might worry at first, like, oh, they're going to Utah, and you know, it's going to be tough to play there. But just to remind everyone, they went to Oregon yeah. <laughs> and beat Oregon. And if if there's somebody out there who called that, I would like to talk with them <laughs> because there's no way. Right. There's absolutely no way. Yeah, I, I got to go with Arizona too. They, they they have experience in big games already. Um, you know, they only they only really won that one, but they uh um I don't know. I, I just hopefully it's not the case where I don't know cuz it's like it's hard to explain their losses. Like yeah. how that really ha- like I I didn't I didn't watch either of the games. So I don't really know, but like going into those games, you wouldn't expect USC or UCLA to really compete with them, but you know they do. Hmm. The other thing is, I don't really know what Utah is like. I haven't really watched them much besides what they did against Oregon, and obviously, yeah, spunky that was special embarrassing. teams team. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I I don't know. I'm going to Arizona. What do you think about Boston College at Florida State minus 19 at 3.30 p.m. Eastern Time? Oh, why do they keep doing this with the spreads? <laughs> the, their spreads, what, for the past two, three weeks have been all double digits? Well, except, uh, for, except, the except for the one. last, yeah, 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 but yeah, leading up until that one. And I think that was, like, the, the extreme where, like, the people were like, okay, we're tired of this. Like, we know what if we know in the first half they're going to struggle. In the second half, they're going to come back and barely win. I know that Boston College can run the ball, um, but besides that, I don't really know that much about them. Because you, I mean, they beat USC, right? Yeah, they did. Mm. I think I'll go. Let's see, six and four with <laughs> with uh, they lost to Pitt. They lost to Colorado. They lost to Colorado State. <laughs> okay, they lost to close game to Clemson. And I mean, Louisville beat them by 19. So um, I'll say Florida State actually puts a game together. Wow! And and I'll take them because I feel like if I don't take them, they're going to do the thing again, the Florida State thing. That's what I'm kind of concerned about. But <laughs> gotta show their frauds. Boston College goes into Tallahassee and makes it close. No, I can't. I can't call the upset. Oh, not please, after. Not after the fix that happen. I'd gladly be wrong. Oh, yeah. if, if they, if somebody actually beats them. I think, I think they be make it close though. Great. Nineteen is a lot, and I think the fix is enough. Because <laughs> I, I for one, am, am, 
you know, I think they'd get left out of the playoffs if they lost one game. Oh, yeah. I think oh, no, they'd easily. Get, completely easily. get lost. Even though they have a, a conference championship ahead of them and all that stuff, I one game and they're out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ole Miss at Arkansas, plus 3.5 at 3.30 p.m. Eastern time. That's an SEC matchup. Who are you taking? Uh, I'll take Ole Miss. I, I think that... Uh, you know they've they I think they don't want to lose any more games. They want to uh, build some confidence get, and get ready for their their big rivalry matchup at the end of the year. Arkansas has been a little spunky in some of these SEC games as of late. I'm gonna take them at home in a, in a you know, close matchup, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna say they take the win against Ole Miss. Now, how do you think they'll run the ball seventy plus times? Yes, probably. <laughs> See you know if that works against that Ole Miss defense, but yeah, yeah, yeah it, they've been surprisingly good. You know, they're not a, a really good team, but they've played surprisingly close in some of these SEC games, and yeah, they, they maybe do one. Oklahoma State at Baylor minus twenty-seven and a half at seven thirty p.m. Eastern Time. I know we've said Oklahoma State not a very good team. Baylor's kind of hanging around there, but have they been really putting on the points? Twenty-seven and a half is a big spread. I think mm. they cover three touchdowns. I think they fall just short of the fourth. I'm going to take Oklahoma State in the points, but Baylor wins handily. As you say, you know, Oklahoma State, uh, Texas Tech, uh, Iowa State. I mean, they could probably cover that on all three of those teams. Yeah. Like, I mean, they really could. And here's the thing. So... You know, we've been talking about TCU, but Baylor feels like you know yeah. we beat them. Yeah, they should have. Like you know, we should we should be ranked ahead of them. All this stuff, um, they're getting penalized for their uh, their um, out of conference schedule, which is just terrible. Yeah. I mean, it's <laughs> awful, um, and they should be. You should be penalized for not scheduling good teams out of conference because it's you. Sh- why I don't understand why teams do that. Like, do they not think that they're going to make a bowl game or something? Like, uh, you lose a, a close game to a, a ranked team, it's not going to hurt you that much. Mm. And if you win, it's going to help you a lot. So, uh, you know, they have themselves to blame for that. But so, what can they do? What can they do to impress the playoff committee? Mm. They can score points. <laughs> like, you know. What, that's what they've done the past what three, four, five seasons now. So I feel yeah, I feel like they need they need to score lots of points, but I don't think they're necessarily going to score that many points. Mm. I actually think they'll score like twenty. They'll win by like twenty four or something. Yeah, yeah, me too. So um, I'm going to take Oklahoma State in this one, even though I mean. It wouldn't surprise me if they beat them by 40 because <laughs> no, Oklahoma State this year is terrible. Like, I mean, we blew them out. TCU blew them out. Everybody blew them out. Yeah. So, But it's just how much you blow them out. Yeah. It's a Southern California matchup. USC goes to UCLA minus three and a half. Who will you pick in the points? Um, think I'll, I think I'll – Take UCLA to win the game at home. Yeah. Um. Just because uh, they're at home, I don't know. I mean, it's a rivalry game, so 
who knows what's going to happen. You could probably throw the records out the window and and that kind of thing. But, you know, it, they had a lot of hopes for this season, heading into the season, and they're still in position to finish the year very strong in the top ten, that kind of thing. Uh, so you got to beat USC to do that, and you, yep. you know. That'll make their fans happy, I'm sure. Yeah, I think they're back on track. I think being at home helps a lot. Uh, they kind of surprised us when you know Arizona visited you know, in Los Angeles and yeah, UCLA played rather well at home. So I think they'll do the same thing with UC, uh, USC. They've, they've gotten much better, like mm. compared to where, like at the beginning of the season, just right. <laughs> playing uh, close mean, with Texas. And, yeah, playing playing close with Virginia right, was, right. was the most surprising thing, and only scoring like. Not scoring any offensive touchdowns. Right, right, yeah. Yeah, give me the Bruins. Uh, I'm pretty confident in that one. The extra point, if your team is in the pick six, you're picking Louisville at Louisville. Notre Dame. Minus three and a half. And, uh, yeah, I'll take Louisville. I like that defense, even on the yeah. road. Uh, Notre Dame losing some uh, that Northwestern game last week. Very questionable coaching decision by Brian Kelly. You take... And the extra point to go up, you know, the the twelve I think it was that you need or thirteen whatever it was. Uh, Northwestern, you know, Max comes back and wins in overtime. <laughs> that yep. was uh, that was crazy. Um, kind of hilarious, but in, in a way, um, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, Notre Dame just kind of feels like they've they've fallen and they can't get up. Mm. Like uh, I, I think that that beatdown was just like a little too much on them that they took against Arizona state. Right. And, um, I don't know. Like, I, 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 I don't like not only that, but you know, we can talk about how they lost to Florida state. It, I mean, that probably emotionally just affected them draining. a lot. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, I, I think Louisville still got that defense. Uh, I think that there's, there's holes on that defense. We, <laughs> we saw that against Florida state. As well, yeah. um, but I don't think that uh, Notre Dame can take advantage of that, like mm, like yeah. Florida State can. So, my extra point though is Maryland at Michigan minus five at three thirty p.m. Eastern time. It's the last game before Michigan goes into Columbus and gets steamrolled, probably uh, or ruins or ruins the playoffs chances. For- don't say that. If that happens, Brady Hook might be back. <laughs> Um, which is why I'm picking Maryland because I think it's either going to be Michigan close and ugly like it was in their last game with Northwestern just barely winning by a point or uh, they lose and yeah, then that would likely mean that they're going to miss a bowl game and to get that coaching change started earlier would be preferable. I don't know if Maryland has the same quarterback they had at the beginning of the season, but he can run if... um, yeah. So I'm taking Maryland, even though I may have some confidence in Michigan to possibly win that game at home. Their defense is terrible, though. So. Yeah, I, I just, I'm going to take Maryland just for the hope that please lose and then lose in Columbus and then just get the coaching change done already. Don't wait another month for a bowl game. That's going to mean nothing. You uh, have a game tomorrow, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's going to be very cold, 7 o'clock. Yeah. Here in We're recording, recording on a Wednesday today. We usually do Thursdays, but had to make an exception for this one. Yeah, um, senior night, last home uh, game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, I, I, I feel like, 
I feel like Kevin White's gonna look like he did at the beginning of the season. Have a just a crazy, ridiculous game. Um it's against Kansas State. West Virginia's yeah. favored by two at home. Yeah, uh I'll take us. I think we can beat them at home. I mean we almost beat TCU. There you go. <laughs> and we beat Baylor. So uh you know. I you know, I, I think if we played Oklahoma again because they don't have their <laughs> starting quarterback, we could beat them. Yeah. And uh yeah, I don't know. We just ha- had a tough game against Texas. Texas really like found their offense. Yeah. Um and uh their their defense was actually the, you know, good. You know, we we talk about how UCLA couldn't score. Well, it was against Texas defense, so um and they had a close game against Baylor too, that kind of thing. Uh so I I think that, you know, we were also <laughs> I had a feeling we were going to lose after we lost to TCU because I felt like if I had to play a game after that, I would not want to play. No. no. Um, but, uh, you know, still a chance to, you know, win this game and then go to Iowa State, who was terrible, and get a win there. And, you know, at least get in a decent bowl game with eight wins. Yeah. So I, I think we can do that. And uh, Kansas State, obviously – you know they didn't look like they had many weaknesses until they played TCU, and they were just exposed mm-hmm. like big time. Uh, that game, I thought that game would be much much closer. I can't believe how much they beat them by. Um, so, yeah, I, I think, I, I think West Virginia's a pretty sound pick there. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I think that. Uh, I mean, I hope. I, what I'm hoping is I, I hope that they double cover Kevin White because. I honestly think that our other receiver on the other side, Mario Alford, he's the fastest player on our team, and I think he'll play in the NFL, honestly. The, the more that I've watched him, if he can learn to return punts, I definitely would say that he's going to be there. Um, and he scored a lot of big touchdowns. He, he had a big one against TCU. So. Mm-hmm. Let's get in the NFL, though. Week 12, and boy, that season's going by quickly. Like I mentioned earlier, Detroit goes to New England. The Razor, Gillette, and Foxborough. Uh, minus seven in favor of the Patriots at 1 p.m. Eastern time, uh, taking New England. They're playing way too hot right now. Detroit on the road. They're getting Reggie Bush back. I don't see it making too much of a difference. The secondary is playing also really well for New England. Enough to probably you know, put Rebus on Golden Tate and then uh, their other corner on Calvin who still isn't 100%, I don't think, which is yeah. really too bad. So I'm going to take the Patriots. Yeah, I was going to say you uh, – I don't know. I mean, like, even if you do score 30 in this one, you can still lose it. Yep. Uh, they're just – I mean, and, and then the fact that they're back home, too, that's another tough thing. So uh, it'll be a cold cold game. Be um, pretty cold, but I think the projection <laughs> is that, like, it's going to be maybe a little rainy. Uh, okay. But, you know, 40s to 50s. Rain. Oh, okay. That's yeah, good. So wow, that's surprising bombing for right now. <laughs> but uh, we'll see with all the snow that's happening right now. So Yeah, it's... Uh, oof, I wouldn't want to be in, like, Buffalo. Mm. Uh, the... Uh, oh, wait. Who... Does does Buffalo play this week? I think they do. Okay, well, make had... sure that you... If, if you get a chance, uh, have Red Zone. There you go. <laughs> Watch for that because you might not be able to see the players. Well, they right now have waist-high snow... At Ralph Wilson Stadium, so <laughs> they gotta clear some of that out. Oh my gosh! Um, yeah, you know I'm going with New England. Mm-hmm. It's they're tough. 
Score Cincinnati for- at Houston, minus one, also at 1 p.m. Eastern time. Does the Ryan Mallet era continue, or Cincinnati get the win? It's a toss-up here, basically. On, uh, well, on AJ Green looks good. Yep. Um, kind of getting back on track. I think it. I I still don't think they're going to recover all the way. Like I, I don't think they're going to get back in position mm-hmm. for the playoffs. All right. Really? You mean Cincinnati? Yeah. They're right now leading the North. Oh, they are. Yeah. Okay. Well, shoot. I need to look at the <laughs> look at the Pretty standings. Sure they are. Okay. All right. Um. But uh, I don't know. It's just like it. I think. I think that I'm gonna pick Houston. Okay. Uh, I don't know. I just kind of liked what I saw from the past week. Cincinnati is six three and one right now, over okay. Pittsburgh right. seven and four. Okay. All right. So I'm gonna take Cincinnati. Actually, uh, I think they're they've won three out of the last four. And they're my AFC Super Bowl pick, so if you're going to catch New England, you got to start winning games, at least to build that confidence. Though I think Houston keeps it close. It's going to be, I think, a very entertaining game. Give me the Bengals. Arizona Cardinals going to the 12th man at Seattle, who are favored by 6.5 points. <laughs> so I'm going to take the Cardinals on this one. The fans... Make points. I know it makes a big difference, but <laughs> that big that's a that's a pretty no, big I, I, spread. No, in the NFL, I think it's you know? kind of funny. Like Yeah. Cause if that Seattle Seahawks team falls to six and five, uh danger. They're gonna put them down on the field and like have them screaming in there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean they're tied with San Francisco right now at six and four in that division and then Arizona at nine and one. Yeah, Maybe. I don't really understand the the spread being that big. Mm. I think Seattle could win the game at home, but I don't think it'll be by that much. Yeah. So you're picking Arizona in the points? Yeah. It just just makes sense. But, you know, random would talk about the NFC South. Atlanta has the tiebreaker over New Orleans at 4-6 and six right now. Oh, man. And they're winning the division. That's pretty crazy. Miami Dolphins go to the Denver Broncos, who easily had one of the most disappointing losses last week. Going to St. Louis and losing, which is weird because there's a stat out there that Peyton Manning has not thrown 300 yards against the St. Louis Rams, the only team he has not done that against, and then he just, just did not play well. I think I saw like more expletives on Twitter last week from Broncos fans than I've seen from like any team fans ever. It should be pretty frustrating, but I think they come back home. They you know face a Miami team that's been you know facing some struggles. Uh, lately, and I think Denver at least covers a touchdown, which is the spread of seven. So, yeah, give yeah. the Broncos. Yeah, I think you know. I, I still think that that elevation plays a little factor when they're at home games, especially when you're Miami and you play right by the sea. So. Yep. Yeah, definitely. I I think that I think they'll, you know, they probably win by like ten to fourteen mm-hmm. at least. I think so. Yeah. Dallas Cowboys at the New York Giants plus three, so a field goal in favor of the Cowboys. Who are you taking? Uh, I'm going to go with Dallas. I think that they can uh, go that go to New York, and you know, even if it's a close win, I think they can get it. Yeah, I don't think home field makes too much of a difference for the New York Giants. They're not that good of a team. Dallas has to keep winning. 
Give me the Cowboys. Yeah, especially with you know Philadelphia losing. Exactly. I mean, both are seven and three right now. It's going to come down to the wire, I think, and mm-hmm. everyone's going to make a difference. Then on Monday Night Football, it's the Baltimore Ravens going to the Bayou and facing the New Orleans Saints, who are a field goal favorite at minus three. And yet, the Saints are a totally different team at home than on the road, and I, I like their chances on, you know, at, at home against a team that has kind of been a little bit of a letdown in Baltimore this year. So I'm going to take the Saints to cover the three. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I still think that they, it's a definitely a place where you have a home field advantage being inside that, you know, being inside where they are. It's mm-hmm. just uh, the Mercedes seems like Superdome. Seems like they. Kind of like, kind of like the Packers, uh, you know, give them a field goal to a touchdown more at home, mm-hmm. kind of thing. Because uh, I can remember multiple times where very, very good teams came in there and just not even close. Like, yeah. So it's I, you know the, again they need to uh, improve their overall record because it's still not very good. Wins are gonna come at um, an overall premium, and they are my overall Super Bowl pick. So get it together, Saints. You yeah. can make the playoffs though by winning that division. So here's an interesting stat for you: Atlanta is four and six. And they're you know with the tiebreaker over New Orleans, they're leading the division. Mm-hmm. Those four wins all come in division. As the Atlanta Falcons are four and zero in division games, that's the awesome. Their, <laughs> that, that's exactly what they need to do. But yeah. you got to win some more games outside the division if you're the Atlanta Falcons. It doesn't um, bode well for you know once <laughs> the further you go. But <laughs> that's true. That's all we have in our outline. Uh, anything else you want to particularly cover? Uh, not really. I just I you know I mentioned that if. If Texas and Texas A&M were to have a bowl matchup, apparently the SEC would not want that to happen. That uh, just because of, I, I guess, the loss in viewership, or like I, I don't really like know why the SEC themselves would get involved with it. But like at least from Texas A&M's viewpoint, um, I, I could see them. That would hurt the recruiting in Texas. Maybe, yeah. Like the in-state recruiting kind of thing. Because, you know, there's lots of good football players there. Well, it's um, all about demographics nationwide. But I, I don't know. There's there's a lot of, there's, you know, there was bad blood between them. And that's the reason that Texas A&M is, besides wanting to move to the SEC, that's what pushed them to the SEC. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, have fun at the game tomorrow. Stay warm. Try mm-hmm. to bring in that hot chocolate. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So good luck with that, and Mm -hmm. go Mountaineers. All right. All right, we're going to wrap things up here. With that, I'm Peter. And I'm Joel. We hope you enjoy the week in sports. Have a good one.